Good morning, everybody. This is Jonetta at They Did Not Get the Memo. I was just sitting here. um, Well, you know I have to take my cancer meds every morning. So whether I want to sleep late in bed or not is not going to happen. Because you have to take them at the same time every day. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Today, I was sitting uh, at the table and In Touch Ministries came on. And his subject was about anxiety. Now, he says that part of the reason why we have anxiety is to because we're trying to change things that we have no power over. And that made a lot of sense. Um, let's see, he had a, a poem he said, uh, I can't repeat it, I won't even mess it up. But to give you a gist of what the poem was about, uh, person was in front of the Lord and he said my name is I am and then the rest of the poem the gist of the poem is if you're trying to change something in the past I won't be there my name is I won't and if you're trying to change something of the future I won't be there. My name is I won't. Or I forget how I go, but he says, but if you're living in the now, in the now, right now, my name is I am. If you accept what's going on now, right now, my name is I am. I wish I could have <laughs> repeated the poem for you. I wish I even paid attention who wrote the poem, but I was so into listening to the words that was coming out of his mouth, Um, and I didn't think about sharing it with you guys. I just was trying to get food for my own uh, thought, for my own spirit. Um, Me, myself, every now and then I need uplifting. I don't know if I told you this story, but let me tell you a brief story. Now, almost 20 years ago, I was living in a place in East Oakland. One day there was a knock on the door and then uh, accompanied by a letter uh, that uh, my landlord had lost the building through foreclosure. Now, I don't know anything. I don't, I'm not that bright. But I, when I first moved into that property, I tried to learn computers, even in my own time. And I asked the landlord, I said, if you need some help in your office, I'll work for free if you uh, uh, let me uh 
use the computer and learn because I didn't have money for a computer. And she was, she thought about it and she came back and she says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $100 a week if you come into the office and help me. So that included filing and typing and uh, 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 proofreading letters, which she did the proofreading. <laughs> and I just uh, typed what she suggested, uh, answering phones, things of that nature. And then one day, I don't know what happened, this 20 years ago, I decided not to work there anymore. It was the schedule or something. But anyway, so one round rent time, because I'd been there a while and I always paid my rent, I was a little late, like two days, three days late. And she was acting like she didn't know me. You know, she was sweating me about the rent. Now I see why. <laughs> I just answered my own question. Um, because I was such a consistent rent payer, she probably depended on my consistency. But anyway, um, and, and she was angry with me where there did not need to be any anger. And she said, uh, I said to her, I said, you act like you don't know me. Only two days, I said, you know I'm a person of my word. I said, you know, and then I got mad at her. And I said, you know what, if you don't stop being so crooked, you're going to lose everything you have. And I didn't mean for it to, <sighs> to manifest, but it did. So here you have it. I don't have no control over nothing. I just made the statement before it happened. And she, uh, it probably was already in progress when I said it. But anyway, she lost the bill and uh, the bank told me to, because I showed them some imperfections, the bank told me to uh, try to find another place, don't pay the rent. When I did that, trusting the bank, um, they, they started eviction against me. When they were the ones that instructed me to keep my rent money and find another place. Um, that let me know that people in real estate aren't always uh, honest people. Their bottom line is dollars. So, anyway, I ended up, uh, I couldn't find another place. I ended up a homeless, per se. My grandmother was living there. She said, come, come stay with me. So, I did. And I didn't know she was on the cusp of dementia, um, Alzheimer's. I took care of her the best I could. I, she had already trained me how to get the money orders, how to pay her rent, and things of that nature. <clears throat> but to make a long story short, my grandmother's main objective was to make sure if she was gone, I'd be okay. The same objective I would have if I was gone to make sure she would be okay. 
um, I even tried to go down to Southern California. I had a friend watch her for me, and I only needed a week, and then I'd be earning truck driving money I can afford to pay for a private nurse. That was my goal, to earn more money to take care of my mom. Well, it was a grand idea, but it didn't work. She ended up uh, back at the hospital. I tried to get her back at the hospital because she had strokes. She had many strokes. She had Alzheimer's. And uh, I believe she was having incontinence. She would hit me because she didn't know who I was. She would force me out of the house because she didn't know who I was all the time. And I didn't insist on staying because she would have many strokes. So I didn't want to agitate her. I did what she told me, even in her sickness. And when she came out of it every now and then, she would say, Baby, you're trying to do this all by yourself. I said, Yes, Mommy. Because, see, I didn't want no stranger to hit my mama back if she hit them because she was fearful. And the one lady that I did trust for a day to take care of my mom kept her medicated. She stayed in the bed, stayed in the bed. I said, oh, no, we're not doing this. Because, see, I'm not too big on pharmaceutical drugs. I'm not too big on medicating a person when you should be able to work on curing them. But that's not here, not there. Um, When I got her back into... uh, the ward for seniors with mental uh, disabilities at, uh, oh God, what's that, at Summit Hospital, I believe, yeah, Summit Hospital. And they had a meeting with me and they're giving her this drug and that drug. And I said, you know, there's other ways of, of healing a person without giving them all these drugs. They didn't like it. The doctors didn't like it. They just wanted to give my mama drugs. Now, once she got in there, she'd walk all night. Mommy, why why don't you go to bed? She'd walk all night. When she got in there, she couldn't walk because they strapped her in a wheelchair. Um, I had a car accident. Well, here's the thing. They said I could no longer stay there because, you know, when she was well, we didn't think to put her, uh, put my name on her lease. We didn't, because I had my own place. She had her place. I found that place for her right in front of Lake Mary. Beautiful apartment on the fifth floor with a balcony, one bedroom. Um, so they told me I couldn't stay at her. Her house. I wasn't on the lease, which means that I ended up homeless. They took possession of my grandmother from me because they said I wasn't qualified to take care of her. Now, they took, uh, they went to court and didn't expect any family member to show up. I showed up at both, there were three court dates. I tried to, oh boy, let me back up. I I've had, I don't know where I got that lump sum of money from, and I spent it on getting a conservatorship for my, for my grandmother. The lady charged me 
I didn't have another $500. And the reason why I said that is because when we went to court the first time, the judge says, the doctor has not signed off on this paper. I went back to the lady. I said, you did not even tell me that the doctor is supposed to sign off on this paper. She didn't give me any instructions. We filled out the paper. I took it to court. And he says, the doctor's got to sign this. So there goes my $500. I don't have another $500. So I try to do it myself, the conservatorship. The judge would say, oh, you're overdoing it. Oh, you, you know, the judge was just not satisfying with my being able to do the conservatorship for my grandmother. The first two trials. The, there was a third and final trial. And the lawyer for the govern, government, county, said that I was using my grandmother's money for myself. That was not true. And on top of that, he didn't know our family. My grandmother used to sit out and try to talk to me about what I should do in this case. It was hard for me to talk to her about her not being here or incapacitated. I tried to listen. I did what she told me the way she told me. I went to the bank. I got her check. She put my name on her bank account. You know, all these things. And I didn't ask her to do it. She did it. I'm her family. We don't do things like that that to our family members. I was instructed to know how to take care of her, which I did. Um, But the honest person in me said, Well, she set it up so that you can go to the bank and get her money. Why don't you go over to Social Security so you don't get in trouble and become her payee? I shouldn't have did that. My grandmother knew, but she didn't explain it to me. She explained it to me. She says, baby, she says, if I die, I'm not paying this insurance money for you to put it in the ground. She says, you, when you get that death certificate, you take it to the insurance company yourself, have them cut the check in your name, not send it to the funeral home. Because if they put it, send it to the funeral home, they're going to uh, charge, spend every penny of that insurance policy on the funeral. She says, I'm not paying this money for you to put it in the ground. So, this is the type of family we were. It wasn't nothing nefarious about me going down to Social Security and having me as her payee. I thought it would make things more legal, and I continued to try to take care of my grandmother. Anyway, they said I was using her money for, for, for myself which was a lie. That's how they got control of my mom. They took her out of the nursing home that I had her right near uh, off of the Grand Avenue exit next to the Jewish synagogue and took her way out in Hayward. Now, in between that, uh, I totaled the car. I had rib 
okay, all, all at the same time. They told me I couldn't stay at my mom's place because I wasn't on the lease. I totaled the car. I had rear injuries, which means I couldn't go to a shelter because you had to do chores. And I had no money because they cut not only her money off, but my Social Security off, too. I contacted our Congresswoman, Barbara Lee, and she did her best for me. But, you know, I want to mention this, too. There's a thing going around with CEOs or people that are running things that are in these agencies. It's a sickness because here's the thing. I was just trying to conduct business to keep things uh, flowing so that I can continue to take care of my mom. It was an honor for me to take care of her. Because she was my grandmother, and she took care of me when I couldn't take care of myself. They took that honor away from me. That by taking possession of her away. They put her in this St. Anna. I think that hospital was in the news for mistreating uh, patients. But anyway, they took, took her way out in Hayward. I saw her once. I saw her twice. She said, baby... Why can't I go home with you? But the thing that helps me to survive spiritually and mentally is the last thing we said to each other was, I love you. I gave my mom a sterling silver little bracelet while she was in the hospital. The next time I saw her, they had took it. Somebody had stolen it. And my grandmother was complaining about this lady that was in the room that was saying and doing things to her. My grandmother, when they called me, they said, your grandmother's passed away. When I went to that St. Mary's or St. And it's not paperwork, it's in there. Maybe I blocked it out because of such a horrific experience. And when I got to the hospital, because I didn't have a car anymore, so I had to take the bus all the way from Oakland to Hayward to that hospital. Um, It was... When I sat at my grandmother's bed, I could see her making motions like that, like she's trying to breathe or something's pumping air in her or something. They said, your grandmother is brain dead. She, uh, the machines are keeping her alive. And all I can say was, what do I do now? What do I do now? And even to this day, I still try to find uh, I still try to remember the instructions my grandmother gave me for life for living life you know it's a thing where you go now what did she say to do now I wish I had to finish school like she asked me to I did but not in the timeline that she had. It, uh, it 
with something else, that journey. So, the reason why I shared that story with you is because all in the same month, I was homeless, disabled, couldn't do anything to help myself, and they cut off my Social Security all in 30 days, all in the same month. And a friend of mine uh, let me stay at her house, and we were getting ready to go somewhere. And I thought about all the things that had happened to me and how help had came to me. Uh, like uh, my car running rough in an area I don't know where I'm at. I'm just there to stay with this lady until I can get my Social Security back on. That was off for eight months, mind you. And they totally took me completely out of the system. That's what I was saying. These people that are running these agencies take it personal. When all you're trying to do is get from point A to point B in conducting your business. I notice it happens a lot. It's a sickness where the people who are um, are left with all these PhDs and all these uh, masters and things, when they're running the agency and they hit a glitch, they take it personal. Oh, this person trying to make my day hard. What? You're supposed to have more education than that. They're just trying to conduct their business. None of this is even about you. You're just an overseer of the agency that needs I need to talk to to conduct my business. I'm not trying to do nothing to you personally. I don't even know you. This is the consensus with people who are running uh, that's making all these six figure they it's something I don't know what's going on in their head that they get these delusions that they are the all power all knowing all seeing people when people come to you and you hit a glitch in your all powerful position they're just trying to conduct their business they're not trying to do anything to you personally there need to be a seminar for these people that are running things so they'll realize that the people that are trying to conduct their business from point A to point B has no uh, nefarious intentions. They're just trying to conduct their daily business. And the business gets so botched up that they have to go across the desk of the person who's running things. Well, this person took it personally because I asked Barbara Lee office to communicate with the head of Social Security office to keep my Social Security on so I could move my mom's stuff into storage. You know, things like that. And I could fight to get possession of her back. But she died before that happened. 30 days after the gov government, well, 60 days after the government took possession of my grandmother, the place where they put her, she died. And there was a doctor that was operating on her. I don't know if he thought she had a relative or not, you know. But anyway, that's part of my story. But we were getting in, in the car, and I said, oh. And a tear started coming down my cheeks when I realized that God had been with me through all of that. Through all of that, help came to me from people I didn't even know. My little raggedy car, um, 
It's not working. I got to get up to that place where I told you I was at the girl that let me stay with her. But I was at least uh, 30 miles away from Oakland. And so my car was running funny, and I, I pulled over. And the guy, I happened to pull over in front of, I had lost my cell phone at McDonald's. The lady went in the bathroom, took my phone, because she was the only one in there, coming out the bathroom. So I'm trying to get down San Pablo Avenue to the main metro um, phone company to uh, uh, discontinue that phone and, and, and see what else I could do, because I had a phone in the trunk, but it, was, it didn't have a charge. So I, 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 I pulled over. The guy at the store in front of his business, I said, excuse me, mister, can I borrow a, a, a pliers? And he told this guy to stop working, go out there and help that lady. I don't know these people. And thank God. And so he, he looked at my hose. My hose just needed tightening up. That's all it needed. So he, he fixed it. I said, how much are you? He said, nothing. But before that, when I pulled over, there was this crippled guy. And he was walking, his hand was bent, his leg was limped, and he says, you need some help? And I thought to myself, you can't help me. And then I remembered the story about how God, uh, you know, you just don't know where God is going to show up and show out. And just as he said, do you need help? The guy said, go out there and help that lady. He hooked my hose back up. I was on my way. So I get down the metro, and I dig in all my whole life in my car, and I find this phone, cell phone. And um, I, 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 I call the lady who I remembered her phone number by heart to get the phone number to the lady I was supposed to live with up north. And I, I get the I get the phone number, and I call her from Metro. And the guy must have heard me. I said, I have a phone, but it's dead. When I got off, she gave me the girl's phone number. I said, can I call and tell her I'm on my way and what happened? And they let me use their phone at Metro. Now, mind you, Metro does not give away anything, okay? The guy must have overheard me talking. And he went in the back, and he said, here. He gave me a car charger. That's, see, this is, I'm telling you about this, my journey. And so, Metro doesn't give anything. And then I'm on the freeway, my car's running rough. I realize I don't have no, uh, what's the name, insurance, uh, road service insurance. And I, I pull over on the side of the road because up north is mainly freeway. Um, and I, I was dreading pulling over, but I did because I, the alternative might have been worse. I put the car in gear. I looked down and looked in the rearview mirror. There was a, a free tow truck right behind me. The Cal Trans tow truck right behind me. Come to find out my problem wasn't as serious as I thought it was. It was just a tire. But when, what I'm trying to say is, when I sat in the back of my girlfriend's car and I thought about my journey, all the stuff that happened trying, inside myself, not saying nothing to nobody, thinking, having a pity party, 
and I thought about how help came to me, how fast it came to me, and how I didn't know those people. And they weren't all black people. They were white people. They were all race people that offered me help. Didn't know me from Adam. And I looked up to the sky and I said, oh. And I started crying. Because at that point, I realized that God's grace had got me that far. Okay, I'm running out of time, folks. Uh, I hope you understand and can relate to my story. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good day. God bless you. I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I know I was here, there, everywhere in my story, but hopefully... <laughs> I'll get enough sense to write down my story so I can tell it to you in order. All right. Have a good day. God bless you. I love you.